I'm going to kill myself. Okay. That's encouraging. This was related to a Gideon Ritchie door by a police officer a couple of years ago. He said, a girl, phone triple O, said, my life is not worth living. I'm going to kill myself. He said, he and another officer were dispatched to a, a motel in Nambour, where the call came from. And he said, when they found the room that she was supposed to be in, they didn't know what they would find inside, but they'd find this girl on the floor in a pool of blood. But as they walked, they walked into the room and the girl was sitting on the side of the bed reading the Gideon Place Bible. She had looked everywhere to try to find something to slash her wrist, but she found the Gideon Place Bible and was reading it. And the Word of God being powerful as a two-edged sword would have spoken to her. We don't know anything more about her story but we believe that uh, she had been saved from destroying herself that day and we believe she'd be saved uh, and uh, has a relationship with Jesus Christ. That police officer was so impressed with what the Gideons were doing. He said, look, uh, he said, I want to uh, pay for uh, all the uh, testaments that you give to the high school in Maroochydore. I don't know whether he knew how wide he was opening his mouth, but uh, uh, yes, we do. It's a red one, not one. It's a red one, the same inside, though, that we give to the high school students in every school that the principal will let us into. Our principals need praying for for their salvation. Uh, they need praying for any way that they will keep letting us into the schools. I suppose I'd say that probably 1% of the schools, the principals won't let us in here in Queensland. But in Victoria, in the People's Republic of Victoria, <laughs> they have shut us out altogether. And not only that, the teachers union down there is trying to stop us from getting into schools right across Australia. That's a devilish state. And uh, we just need to pray, keep praying for that state and for our country. And the, uh, uh, I, this morning I would just like to uh, share with you uh, the beginnings of the Gideon ministry. Back in 1898, there were two traveling salesmen. They found themselves in a town wanting lodging for the night. And they found out there was only one, one room left in this hotel. So they inquired as to what was in the room. It had two single beds in it. And they decided that they would share it. As the evening went on, they discovered that they were both born-again Christians. And they had quite a bit of conversation, a fellowship together. Before they turned in for the night, they had a scripture reading and they had a time of prayer. And at uh, the end of that time, they looked at each other and said, I really believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us tonight and saying to us that when we stay at a hotel, 
I don't think there was motels back then, but when we were staying at a hotel to place Bibles in the room, <coughs> rooms of that hotel. So that was the very beginning of the Gideon ministry. There were more businessmen, there were business, more businessmen joined with them, uh, businessmen and uh, uh, professional people. And then about 1908, the churches approached the Gideons and said, uh, can we support you? Can we uh, uh, help with the uh, getting the Bible's print? And so, yes, there was, there, there was a marriage. And the uh, Gideon ministry became an arm of the Church of Jesus Christ right across all the evangelical churches. And since that time, with the support of thousands of God's people and congregations around the world, the Gideons have been able to place almost two and a half billion Bibles. That's a billion, not million. Almost two and a half billion Bibles. And it wouldn't be able to be done without uh, people like you and congregations like you have here today around the world and their support. There's almost a quarter of a million members in the Gideon ministry over 200 countries around the world. And before, before uh, COVID, we were placing around 80 to 90 million Bibles a year. India and India, they're placing a million a month. And it's just amazing what God does. I would, I'd just like you to uh, watch a testimony of one Australian man that I'm going to show a couple this morning. And it's these testimonies that spur us on. Can we have Bernie Dimmitt's testimony, please? People sometimes ask me, Bernie, who are you and why is it that you do what you do? I was very fortunate, as you can probably tell by my accent, I'm an Australian. I was born into a wonderful family. My parents emigrated to Australia after World War II. They gave me a great education. They gave me a great start in life. Um, I was very fortunate. I, I then left high school. I, I entered the army. I became an officer in the Australian army for 10 years. And I had everything laid down in front of me. But as successful as I was to those who were looking at me, the one thing I wasn't successful at was living life itself. In fact, I had some real struggles. And in 1995, I hit rock bottom. My walk with Jesus began on the balcony of a hotel room on the eighth floor, where I came very, very close to taking my own life and jumping off. And yet the night before, I'd been reading in my hotel room a Bible put there by the Gideons. And, and whatever I read in that Bible that night, I can't remember, is what pulled me off that balcony and what brought me to my knees in my hotel room and what made me cry out to God. And the only thing I had was to say, God, if you're out there, now would be a good time. That was back in February 1995. In October, 
I was attending a church service in my hometown in Wollongong with some friends. Um, you know, these Christians, I didn't like Christians, by the way. Um, I hated Christians. I was a bit like the Apostle Paul. But these Christians, when I went through a difficult time in my life, they came out of the woodwork to love me and to help me and to serve me. And I may not remember what they said about their God, but I will never forget what they did. They showed me what it was to be loved by God. And in October 1995, I walked out of a church service, sat down under a tree in the bright sun, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I remember what I said to him that day. I said, Lord, I don't want to be a suburban, pew-sitting Christian. I want my life to count for something. If only I'd have known that he'd take me at my word. And so if I wind forward now to today, I do what I do. I share the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ with millions of people each week through the media because Jesus came looking for me in my darkest hours. I would never have expected that. I wasn't looking for God. He came looking for me. He wiped my slate clean. He gave me a new start and he gave me a passion to share the wondrous grace of God through Jesus. That's who I am. That's why I do what I do. This morning when you came in, you were possibly received this little leaflet. <clears throat> and uh, it's been going for a few years now, where it's called Friends of Gideon's. And uh, any, anyone, anyone from 6 to 106 can uh, become a friend of Gideon's. <clears throat> and uh, I just like you to, uh, when you go home, to read that. It's fairly self-explanatory. And if you become a paid-up friend of Gideon's, you can buy you can buy boxes of these testaments to use in your everyday witnessing. But what we have have been happening is actual churches have been signing up as friends of Gideon's church, and they're able to buy boxes of these and have them at the church, and anyone in the congregation can come and pick up a few whenever they want to to use in their everyday witnessing. It's, uh, I talk about witnessing, you just never know what God is going to do when you give someone one of these. And we have the testimony from the Philippines about, and it was in the early days of the Gideons in the Philippines and they Gideon faithfully gave one of these to a 12-year-old boy. His name was Eriberto Tika. Eriberto was an older boy in the Catholic Church. And as he read that testament, he became gloriously saved. And as time went by, God called him to be a pastor. And without any theological training whatsoever, he started and established the first Baptist church in Tanay in the Philippines. He married, he and his wife had five sons. And they prayed that their five sons would become pastors. God heard that story. He, God heard that prayer. Not only did the five sons become pastors, 
But 14 grandsons and two nephews became pastors. And up until a couple of years ago, when we heard from them, God had used that family to start and establish over 500 churches across the Philippines, and they're still going. And they're just incredible. There's probably no, no way of counting <clears throat> the profit of souls that came from placing that one testament in the hand of that 12-year-old boy. And I just want to encourage you to, if you're not already doing it, to start doing something like that. And this morning, when you're talking about being a friends of Gideon's, uh, you can become a, a Gideon prayer partner. And I'm just going to uh, bring this uh, down, and you can pass it around the most. If you would like to become a, uh, a, a prayer partner, if you would put your name, telephone number, email address, or physical address uh, to, be, to support and uh, pray with us. Pray that the doors of the schools will remain open. Pray that the, our entry into motels will remain open. A few of those have become negative recently. And that we'll have uh, openness into the schools also that the students will receive them. There have been a lesser percentage of students accepting them. They're just not compulsory for the sake of but there are less students receiving them. And we pray that they'll take them and that they will open them and read them. <coughs> it's not necessary to sign that up, but only if you feel that you'd like to become a prayer supporter. <coughs> and we also thank you very much for your support. The, uh, and we wouldn't be able to do the things we do without your support. Other things that we do in Australia, we do what we call Bible safaris. And uh, just recently we've had uh, three or four different teams that have done all southwest southern Queensland. Been out to, and visited schools and hospitals and churches and hotels and motels and Anywhere we can place a Bible. Uh, a wife and I and another couple are coordinators of what we call the Top End Northern Safari. And uh, that is uh, everything north of the Flinders Highway, which runs from Charters Towers to Tennant Creek. We have one team that goes right up the Cape to Torres Strait to the island. Another team does around the Gulf. And the team that we particularly lead is all in the Flinders Highway. Every town, every little nook and cranny we call into. Mount Ice, Tennant Creek, Camerwheel, Cloncurry, all those places, and right through to Darwin. Darwin, Palmerston, Humpty Doo, Jabiru, all those places. And last year the Lord blessed us even with the COVID. We had a team and we didn't have a team. We had a team and didn't have a team. We did end up with a small team. And uh, last year we were able to distribute and place 8,000 
665 Bibles on that safari. Next month, we will start to begin preparing for next year. And we may even include helping the Gideon of Alice Springs do the Alice Springs area too, which is a big area. And so it's, uh, and I want you to know that every offering goes 100% to the printing of the Bibles. All other expenses are borne by the Gideons themselves. That northern trip costs each Gideon around about $5,000 for fuel and accommodation, etc., etc. But that is borne totally by the Gideons themselves. And of course, the that the Gideons also, their membership fees and other offerings, look after the administration of the Gideons and our head office in Canberra for the whole of Australia. You might sometimes wonder where enough money comes from. Our treasurer in a head office in America Every Monday when he comes to work, he's got to, for the week, find $2 million to pay for the printing of scriptures. We do have some, some incredible offerings come in as God touches people who have a heart to reach the lost. Last year, Canberra opened an envelope that came in that had to do with the Gideon car. And they opened that envelope and it was a check for $50,000. We've had other instances where people will leave a bequest in their will to the Gideons. And I remember of one, one woman in a, a, out in the country, in a small country church, had left a bequest in her will to the Gideons of $30,000. A couple of years ago, when a, uh, one of our Gideons who'd gone to America for the international convention was speaking at a Bible for the World dinner, and uh, their offering for the night was about $32,000. And they found out that there was a, a businessman there who was a lettuce grower, and he must have grown millions of them. And they found that he put in an offering of 20000 for the night. And that's some of the things that God is doing in supporting his work and getting his word placed into the hands of men, women, boys and girls and into the traffic lanes of life, hotels, motels, hospitals, the armed forces, we offer them to the police force, the SES, the fire and rescue, all of those services, that they would have the word of God, not only for the unions, but for, to be able to help someone in need. One officer told us, he said that he was at a, a fatal accident. The man was dying and he wanted someone to read a psalm to him. And I didn't have anything to read it out of. And that's why we endeavour to, as we go from year to year to and visit these places, that they'll have copies of the Word of God. Now, how would you feel? Someone's dying and they want a psalm read and you haven't got anything to read it out of. 
Now that all happens because of your support. And that we just mentioned the Gideon cards before. And uh, we've got a separate cards out there. We've got these, the, the pack of cards, this pack of cards, they are free to take and use. And when you use them, we would just ask you that you might send an offering of some sort to Canberra. And that will be used. So it's for printing your Bibles. That will be placed somewhere. I didn't look at me watch as usual. I don't know how I've been going for. <laughs> You're getting bored? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> this little card, we've got a few of those out there, Gideon Bible app. You can get it up on your mobile phone. It has over a thousand translations on it. You can read it or listen to it. And it's, it's good, it's clear, it's, it's well, well done. This morning I'd like you to watch another testimony, and these testimonies really encourage me. I'd like you to watch Patrick Steele's testimony and just what God can do when someone turns to him, turns to Jesus. What a difference he makes. Thank you. Hey everyone, I'm Pat Steele and I want to share a little bit of my story and how Gideon's has been a part of that. Uh, I was addicted to drugs from a very young age, never knew God and uh, by the time I was 17, I was, I was really, really sick. I had to have my uh, part of my right lung removed, about 85% uh, the lobes of my, my right lung. And you'd think I would have stopped smoking after that, uh, but I didn't. I was, um, I was so addicted, I was so broken and hopeless and living in fear and pain. Uh, by the time I was 20 years old, I was living up in Sydney and I'd become addicted to ice. And uh, this drug just completely destroyed my life. I was living on the streets and uh, I got really sick again, ended up in hospital. The doctors basically told me I was going to die uh, because my other lung was completely destroyed and couldn't have a lung transplant. Um, so with nowhere to go, no one to turn to, uh, I just tried to take my own life three times in one week. Um, and it wasn't through lack of trying um, that, that I wasn't dying. Uh, I, was, I was really trying and, and to be honest, I felt like I couldn't even get that right. <laughs> so I remember feeling that at the time. It's like, I can't even kill myself. How hopeless am I? Uh, but after the third attempt of taking my own life in Sydney, I woke up on a hotel room floor in Wollongong called Piccadilly Hotel. And an old friend of mine, uh, who lived at the hotel, uh, she had given her life to Jesus. And, and when I woke up that morning, uh, she, was, she was standing there and she said, Pat, Jesus loves you and he's your only hope. And I was like, ah, I was so angry. I was like, I don't believe in God. And if I go into a church, I will catch on fire. I remember I was just so mad. And so she went off to church, it was a Sunday, and uh, I remember just sitting there thinking, why would I catch on fire if I walked into a church? This is crazy. I don't even believe in God. Why, why am I afraid of a God who I don't believe in? And in that moment it clicked, and I realized that God is real. 
And if he really does love me like she told me he does, maybe he could help me. And you know, I think of Psalm 34 verse 18 when I think of this, you know, that God is close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those whose spirits have been crushed. And that was me. <laughs> I was brokenhearted, my spirit was crushed. But, uh, but what I want to share with you guys um, is that that night after that happened, I, uh, I went back to uh, the hotel where my friend had told me about Jesus, that he loved me and that he was my only hope. And there was a stack of Bibles there. And, uh, and she took, um, she took uh, one of the Bibles off this stack. And uh, I know now that what had happened was uh, somebody from Gideon's had been through and they just replaced all the Bibles in the room. And so this stack of old used Bibles was sitting there in the hallway. And she gave me this Bible and that night I began to, to read it. And that in itself is a miracle because I hadn't been able to read my whole life. Uh, but Holy Spirit began to, to, do, uh, to, to, to make the words on the page make sense to me. And so um, this was the first book that I've ever read in my whole life. And I still have it today. And since then I've done uh, Bible college uh, and I had to read a lot of books for Bible college. I've managed a business um, and done all these amazing uh, things. I'm now in ministry. Um, I work for a local radio station uh, where I'm sharing the gospel every day and another, uh, a number of other ministries where, um, where we're sharing the gospel through different, uh, through different ways and things like that. And, uh, I knew that I was healed. Uh, I mentioned before that, that my, my, my lungs were diseased. Uh, I knew that I was healed because I wasn't throwing up blood and black stuff anymore. I didn't realize how healed I was until a number of years later when I went for a <coughs> I mean, checkup. Um, and they did a scan and, and the doctor uh, came back with the scans and he couldn't believe it. He actually went back to radiology and checked that they were mine and then came back and said, I cannot explain this, but you have two perfectly healthy lungs. It's scientifically, medically impossible, but nothing is impossible for God. He delivered me from addiction. He healed me, but most importantly, he gave me a brand new life. I was dead in sin, but now I'm alive to God in him. I was in darkness, but now I'm in the light. And, uh, and I'm just so thankful to Jesus. I just want to say thank you uh, to, to all of you because, uh, you know, you, you may not understand fully um, the potential of the seed that you are sowing when you put one of these Bibles in a hotel room. Um, you might not necessarily see the immediate fruit from the seed that you're sowing. Uh, but like any, uh, like any seed, you, you water the seed with faith until you see the fruit. And, um, and I want to say to you, like today, like me standing before you uh, through this video, uh, I'm the fruit of your obedience to sow these seeds and to put these Bibles in hotel rooms and hospital rooms and handing them out on the street. There are, there are people like me, thousands and thousands and thousands of people like me who have been impacted by the ministry of the Gideons. And I want to say thank you.
because you make this possible. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If any of you here today are business men, business people, or if you're a chemist, doctor, or whatever, I'd like to talk to you about joining the Gideon ministry. It's an incredible ministry you're part of, and we get testimonies coming in every day. And it's, 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 you know, it, it, it's just absolutely joy to read those testimonies, to hear them, and it just spurs you on to continue to do what we do. God bless you, and thank you, Pastor Jeremy, for the opportunity of sharing with you today. And I pray that we'll be able to talk more after the service.